This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security for April 3rd, 2020. In this episode, April Fool's pranks are noticeably absent. A history of Zoom issues, including vulnerabilities, privacy concerns, malware flags, and the latest from the company. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. Okay, it's a new month. We didn't do any April Fool's jokes. It's definitely not a year to do that, is it? No, uh, <laughs> I saw a lot of journalists like uh, like you mentioned before we uh, we started recording. A lot of journalists were making sure to make it known. If you send me any fake you know stories this year on April first, then I am blacklisting you forever. And uh, I didn't see a whole lot of that. No, I didn't. Um, but we all remember that when Google announced Gmail, it was April first, and at the time. I think they were offering a gigabyte of storage, which back then that was just huge, a whole gigabyte. And it I remember when it, the news came out, it took a few hours for people to realize that it was really true. Uh, of course, Apple started on April 1st as well, I believe 44 years ago. So April 1st does have a history of real things happening at times. Right. There actually have been a lot of serious product announcements on April 1st. If I'm not mistaken, I think... Uh, the 1.1.1.1 DNS launched on April 1st because it's four ones. Ha. So isn't that clever, but it also made people kind of go, yeah, but is it for real? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, if you've been reading the news or been online, you have heard about zoom. Zoom is a video conferencing app, which Six months ago, most people had never heard of. That's not actually true because we talked about it in July. We'll get to that in a second. Um, It was mainly used by businesses. We're using Skype right now, and we use Skype all the time for the podcast so we can see each other and so we can talk to each other. Uh, But all of a sudden, Zoom's gotten really popular. And with great popularity comes great responsibility. And Zoom seems to have dropped the ball as far as security and privacy is concerned. So we're going to talk about that in this episode first. Give us a quick reminder of what happened back in July. Okay. So back in July, there was a Zoom zero-day vulnerability, um, and uh, there was a headline that said, four-plus million webcams and maybe a remote code execution. Just get them to visit your website. The short version of this is that Zoom had a, a big problem with their software that made it so somebody could attack you just by running their software. And so Apple actually pushed an update to its malware removal tool that normally is only for like really bad outbreaks that, you know, Apple will push something out as part of this tool um, that automatically will remove something from people's computers if they, if they have it installed. Um, It's very rare that Apple removes anything with MRT But for the first time ever, and the only time so far in history, Apple actually removed software that was not intentional malware from people's machines. They removed an old version of the Zoom app. After Zoom had actually, I think, if I remember right, they had already released an update to the app that fixed the vulnerability. 
Um, but if anyone still had the old version, they removed the component that caused this remote code execution vulnerability. We'll put a link in the show notes to episode 92 from last July when we originally discussed this. So Zoom has been in the news. And before we get to all the security and privacy issues, just one story that caught my eye. Zoom stock confusion causes investors to put stock in wrong company. Uh, Zoom Video Communications, uh, their uh, NASDAQ symbol is ZM, and Zoom Technologies, Z-O-O-M, Shares in both companies went up a great deal, but only one of them, Zoom Video Communications, is the Zoom that everyone's using. Uh, and apparently this is the second time this happened. When Zoom, the one we're talking about, did their IPO, a lot of people mistook the other Zoom for the real Zoom. And what can you say if these people are putting that much money in companies and they're not smart enough to check which company it is? If you're if you're trading stocks, you you really ought to know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So Zoom has the largest litany of software and privacy issues that we have probably ever seen in a single application in a short period of time. Now their user base has gone up from 10 million to 200 million daily users. It's quite extraordinary. But with this, uh, more security analysts are looking into it and finding things. So, for example. The Zoom iOS app was sending data to Facebook, even if you don't have a Facebook account. Now, Zoom uh, offered the option for people to log in with Facebook in the app, but they didn't realize that the Facebook software development kit, or SDK, also contained code to collect data on users. Yeah, so Zoom made a statement about this. They said, Zoom, of course, they have to say this, right? Every company says this whenever they get in trouble. Zoom takes its users' privacy extremely seriously. Yeah, sure you do. Uh, (laughs) And their statement went on. This was uh, a statement that they made to Vice. They said, we originally implemented the login with Facebook feature using the Facebook SDK, Software Development Kit, in order to provide our users with another convenient way to access our platform. Convenient. Oh, yes. Very convenient. Thank you. However, we were recently made aware that the Facebook SDK was collecting unnecessary device data. Oh, really? You were made aware that something you had implemented in your software was doing something you didn't know about? Like, what? How, how is it even possible as a programmer for you to put something into your software that you didn't even know was there? I would assume that the documentation that Facebook provides for this SDK must have to mention that, right? Uh, and you even think, if it, yeah. and even if it doesn't, I would assume that in software like this, that that's used this widely, they would want to be checking what data is being sent and received. And and this to me is a very 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 serious lack of seriousness. I mean, yes, they take their <laughs> use of privacy privacy extremely seriously, but not seriously enough. Well, yeah, and that that's exactly the thing is now I know this is not a developer for Zoom who made the statement. This was some PR person, but uh and, and so obviously there's a little bit of a disconnect there. But somebody knew. The the programmers knew better and uh and they still implemented things in the way that they did. If they didn't know better, then they really should probably not be programming for a major company. Okay, so it goes on. Zoom claimed that meetings uh, were encrypted from end to end. Well, it turns out that they're not. And then Zoom came out and said, well, we didn't actually mean end to end. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is this is yet another thing. You're enjoying where... this, aren't you, Josh? <laughs> this this well, is schadenfreude. 
What's the German word for schadenfreude about Zoom? Zoom and Freud? <laughs> Zoom and Freud. There you go. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll go with that. Yeah, what's what's fun about this is just that there's so many stories that all dropped within like a week, right? I mean, these are all related to the same company. It's like people started going, hey, everyone's using Zoom. Maybe we should look at that a little more closely. And everyone started realizing, oh my goodness, this is a this is a dumpster fire happening in a train wreck or something like it's it's this is the worst like imaginable series of 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 discoveries and well and it's probably not even over yet i mean we've already seen so many things in a row okay so getting back to this zoom meetings aren't and do an encrypted despite misleading marketing so uh if if i've got this right i think they're they're saying that um that meetings are into and encrypted, but what they really mean is that there's a couple of specific things that are into and encrypted. A spokesman for Zoom said to The Intercept, currently it is not possible to enable into and encryption for Zoom video meetings. Zoom video meetings use a combination of TCP and UDP. Uh, those are two different um, protocols. And they say TCP connections are made using TLS. That's, you know, what we use for HTTPS and so forth. And UDP connections are encrypted with AES using a key negotiated over a TLS connection. So they're, they're saying, yeah, yeah, we're doing some security stuff, but it's okay. Maybe not exactly in the way you thought we were or to the degree you thought we were. Right. And so what I've heard is that uh, text messages are end-to-end encrypted, but the video and audio in the meetings are not protected the same way. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's fair to say. So, you know, it's, it's yet another thing that um, is not by itself necessarily that big of a deal. I mean, not every platform is encrypted. And when you're talking about video or audio conferencing or even text messaging, um, so, I, I mean, certainly everybody uses SMS, right? You know, regular text messages, you've got the green bubble if you're an, an iOS user and you see that all the time because not everybody has a, a device that supports iMessage. If you've got an Android phone or any other smartphone or dumb phone, you're going to be using regular SMS, which, and that's not encrypted in any way anyway. So a lot of people are already using totally unencrypted uh, platforms to send messages to each other. So, but the problem is here that they're claiming end-to-end encryption when it's not end-to-end encryption, and this we, is just exactly. part of a pattern. Um, let, let's move on to the next one. We have a whole list of things here. Um, the yep. next one is that Zoom is leaking people's emails, addresses, and photos to strangers. So, if you sign up with a company email address, so Josh, let's say you sign up with your address intigo.com. Uh, if other people from your company are using Zoom, then anyone else with Intigo.com will automatically be added to your contacts list. But with some people, they're getting as many as thousands of contacts of just random domains that they don't even know. And so it's not just that they're getting the contact information, it's that the other people are getting their contact information and can call them directly on Zoom. Right. Now, this is not the case for things like Gmail or Hotmail or Yahoo, um, according to the Vice article. Right. Um, this this is specific to companies. So so if you've got, as you mentioned, like Intigo.com, if I were to create a Zoom account, theoretically, I might actually have my list populated with other people who haven't 
at intigo.com email address registered. Whether they're current employees or not, it doesn't matter. Zoom doesn't know. Um, but if anybody is ever registered with an at intigo.com, I would see them in my list. Um, so, um, that's sort of bizarre, right? Because imagine that you, as, as an attacker, you compromise somebody else's, uh, email account. Maybe they've got a corporate email account and you really want to know some more information about people at that company. Maybe, um, you know, you want to be able to drop in on their zoom meetings. (laughs) Um, well, you could theoretically just sign up with that person's corporate email address and uh, now you've got access to their companies. Uh, you've got you've got the contacts. contacts, yeah, to all of the people in the company. One point made in the article is that some of these are actual ISP domains. So, in particular, they're talking about some Dutch domains, accessforall.nl, which you may have seen over the years, been oh. around for a long time. Oh yeah, um, long time. so imagine that you're hosting your email with an ISP like that. Um, if you see all the other users, that is potentially a problem. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's. That's really bad. This honestly, something a feature like this uh, never, never should have been implemented in the first place. Because, well, for exactly this reason. I mean, they don't know every ISP, um, you know, at something dot something, um, and it's this is such a bad idea. So, just as an aside, a British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is sequestered with the coronavirus. And there was a photo shared the other day of him hosting a cabinet meeting. So this is with all the ministers of the government. And he's got his display up and it's a Zoom meeting and you've got all the little um, rectangles for each person. And up at the top, you can see the Zoom meeting ID number and anyone can enter the meeting with that ID. Now, I don't know if you can password protect Zoom meetings. Um, I have participated in a couple with a lot of people where all you need is either a link or the ID number. But... People are playing fast and loose with this. They're not realizing how important it is. I I was saying the other day on Twitter and got roundly attacked by one person for this. I don't know why. I was saying it's a shame that Apple didn't come up with a cross-platform version of FaceTime. Um, In in my personal case, uh, I've been doing a lot of podcast interviews, and some people don't use Skype. And it would be easy if everyone could use, even if they didn't have Apple devices, um, even if they were on Windows, if they could use FaceTime. Originally, Apple had said they were going to open source FaceTime. Issues came up. We, we won't go into the details, but kind of Apple missed the boat here. They could be the ones with the secure, reliable video messaging system. Of course, it's too late now. How about we take a break? We'll come back in a couple minutes, and we've just got such a long list of Zoom problems that we're going to have to go through this really quickly. If you or someone you know has got a new MacBook or iMac or switched to the Mac from Windows, be sure to check out Intego's new Mac User Center. It's a one-stop collection of the things you'll need to know about using your Mac. Intego's new Mac User Center covers plenty of the basics to get you running smoothly and smartly in no time. Of course, one of the first steps you'll want to take is to install Mac security software from Intego to keep yourself protected. And right now, Intego Mac Podcast listeners can get 40% savings on Intego software, including Mac Premium Bundle X9. Mac Premium Bundle X9 is a suite of terrific Intego software that includes the antivirus, anti-phishing, and anti-spyware protection of Intego Virus Barrier, home and hotspot firewall security from Intego Net Barrier, parental controls for peace of mind from Intego Content Barrier, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. 
Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today. And then use the promo code PODCAST19 at checkout to save 40%. That's PODCAST19 to save 40% on complete Mac protection and security with Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9. Intego, devoted to protecting Apple products since 1997. Visit Intego.com today. Okay, so next on the list of Zoom problems is intruders are hijacking Zoom calls with noise and gross images. Here's how to avoid becoming a victim of Zoom bombing. This is on CNBC. So basically, you if you post a link uh, in a public forum to a Zoom meeting that you want to have, anyone can drop in and they will Zoom bomb you. And this is a nice neologism. Um, they can post porn, they can post hate speech things, and this is apparently extremely common. Yeah. So <laughs> basically the the short version of this, the thing to know is don't share your Zoom meeting ID to anybody who doesn't need to join your call, because if you're posting this publicly, um, well, anybody can, can join in. And uh, apparently there were some things that uh, people were doing who were joining these calls without, you know, permission or without being directly, you know, invited. Somebody speaking to CNBC said that uh, they had an issue where, uh, you know, 30 people joined uh, a call for some, for some uh, work situation. Um, and soon after it started, five to seven users started calling up vulgar images or text comments in, in the chat window and uh, and then they said, if I muted whatever controls they had, they could unmute. If I tried to shut down the video or delete them, another one of them would pop up. And so basically all they did to resolve this was they just shut down the meeting, started a new meeting with an ID that, you know, everyone didn't know. And except for the people who were supposed to be participating in the meeting and there was no problem. So essentially there's a, there, there's an... I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily uh, a vulnerability because Zoom is kind of designed this way, right? So that um, if you share an ID publicly, anybody can join. That's, that's right. kind of the so idea. I participated in a, in a Zoom meeting last week with a gallery with 250 people, and they sent out the link to uh, people uh, by email, and we all joined. And, th- and that's the goal because the problem with Skype is you have to add everyone as a contact, and they have to approve you, and it's a, it's a time-consuming process. So I'd say that this is a feature for Zoom, but not having used Zoom more than just for trivial testing, I'm not sure that they have the right tools for people managing meetings to be able to control this sort of behavior easily. Well, here's here's what CNBC says that you can do to prevent Zoom bombing from happening. Um, they're saying that Zoom has responded that you can use features like a waiting room a meeting lock and a limit on screen sharing. So they say um, a waiting room is a virtual place where people gather before a Zoom meeting. So you can you can use that feature uh, to help keep them out if they're not supposed to be there. There's a meeting lock which stops newcomers from joining once everyone you were expecting has arrived. Of course, that doesn't necessarily work in every situation. It, it, it kind of depends on your particular situation. Um, and then a meeting host can stop anyone else from taking control of what everyone sees and sharing a stream of what's on their computer stream. And uh, that's something that you can uh, set as a restriction in Zoom web settings. So there are some things that you can do to, to try to prevent this kind of thing from happening. But the main thing really is 
only send your meeting ID to the people, specifically to the people who need to join your meeting. Let's do this one quickly. The S in Zoom stands for security. This is on Objective C. They're talking about a threat post article entitled Zoom Zero Day Bug Opens Mac Users to Webcam Hijacking. There are all sorts of things like this. I believe there's a Windows vulnerability that's similar. There are some zero-day issues. Apparently, the Zoom flaws can be used to take over your microphone, get root access to your Mac. How is it possible that an application like this can get so deep into the operating system? Well, there's a number of things that are going on here. Um, But first of all, um, when you install any app on a Mac, you're often prompted to put in your administrator credentials to authorize that app to install whatever components it needs to install. And um, Zoom... As as pointed out in uh, in Patrick Wardle's uh, article, his his write up about this, he points out that Zoom has been using a shady technique um, that is normally only used by malware to install the Mac app in the first place. Um, there, what's actually going on is when you in- launch their installer, you have already installed it before you get to the screen where normally you you know, hit continue and now it's installed, right? Now it's, now it gets installed. It's actually installing itself in the pre-flight, you know, pre-installation phase because they're basically using kind of an exploit to do that. Um, Again, this is something that's not supposed to happen. They're, they're using the functionality of the installer app um, that is supposed to be used to check whether a, the program can be installed, whether it's compatible with your system. And they're using that early stage to actually install, which is totally wrong. They should not be doing this. Nobody should be doing this. And normally it's only malware that would be doing something really sneaky like this. I'm going to make a suggestion. Uh, remember, Josh, we always used to tell people don't download Flash installers. Well, yep. it's probably a good idea to be very careful where you download Zoom installers because I have a feeling that people are going to try and exploit this. <laughs> well, yeah. And honestly, if you're installing the legitimate Zoom anyway, um, you're probably going to well, be... <laughs> fair point. Fair <laughs> point. But if you do need to use Zoom, go to zoom.us. Don't go anywhere else to download it because this is just one of the 200 million users. Malware developers are going to be jumping on this to try and get people to download Zoom. Be very careful if you find in your downloads folder something called Zoom or Zoom installer. It could be a drive-by download from a, a website that's malicious that's trying to fool you into thinking you have the real thing. Right. So so that was one thing that that Wardle pointed out in his article, but he also points to sort of a, a bug that was not widely known. Um, and, and by the way, this this installer misbehavior, this has been going on for at least four years. So th- this is actually not something new. Yeah. Um, but um, he points out that uh, with the way that Zoom is handling webcam and, uh, and microphone activity, um, he said an attacker can inject malicious code into Zoom to trick it into giving the attacker the same access to the webcam and microphone that Zoom already has. Um, that's the the scary, you know, sort of zero day vulnerability that he brought to light. Um, and, you know, and some people are really, you know, uh, giving him a hard time about this. To be honest, this is this is good that people are doing this research and are showing that, hey, it's not just one or two issues. There's a whole bunch of things going on here that are just really wrong with the way this software is designed. 
Okay, so our next step now is to go to the Zoom blog. Um, what is it called? A message to our users. Don't you notice that when tech companies want to clean up messes, they always say a message to our users? So this is from the Zoom CEO, founder and CEO, his name is Eric S. Yuan. And he does a lot of work for us putting a timeline of all these different issues. On March 20th, they published a blog post about Zoom bombing, which we talked about. On the 27th, they took action to remove the Facebook SDK in their iOS client. On the 29th, they updated the privacy policy to be more clear about the data they collected. Um, now they're saying that they're going to do a feature freeze, and a feature freeze in development means we're not going to add anything or remove anything. We're just going to fix things, and they're going to do that for 90 days. Um, they're talking about conducting a review with third-party experts, preparing a transparency report, in enhancing their current bug bounty program, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a company that wasn't ready to scale to this level, which is ducking and covering and trying to figure out how to get out. Yeah. Um, you know, I would argue that they, so Zoom has already been used by a lot of enterprise, you know, companies. This is, in, in my opinion, this is not even an issue of they weren't ready to scale. They they should have known about and designed their software properly a long time ago. You know, well, particularly I, because businesses need the security and privacy um, and need to make sure right. that these meetings can't be penetrated. Right. By the way, we didn't even mention um, every story. Uh, there's also a story about... Um, People using Zoom to steal Windows users' credentials, um, their system login credentials, um, without any sort of warning. So there, there's there's plenty of other issues here too. These are just the known issues, by the way. Yeah. And this is all within a week that you know mo the majority of these stories came to light for the first time. Yeah. So. Um, so what Zoom is saying is we're going to implement a 90-day feature freeze, and we're just going to sort out all the pri privacy and security issues that we've got. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, well, okay, so people are already using this because you've got all these people working from home, and Zoom is the thing that everybody uses. So everyone's already got your software installed. And so um, it's kind of like... You know, you should have addressed all these issues a long time ago be before you really had to get dragged out into the public spotlight on all this. Um, my recommendation, if you've got uh, if you work for a company that's using Zoom, um, try out any alternative service. There's lots of services that do similar things, um, but don't <laughs> have uh, all these known problems like Zoom has. And and it may be that maybe, you know, it, because of this, there's going to be a lot more public interest in trying out, oh, let's look at uh, RingCentral. Look, let's look at, you know, their meeting solution and see if we can find problems with it too, or, or Skype or any of these others. But um, But these other platforms... Um, they may also have issues, but, uh, I think it's worth experimenting with trying out these other things for your company. If, if you are initiating meetings, you definitely should not be using zoom because that forces other people to have to install zoom software. Um, so try something else. Uh, if your if your company uses Zoom, recommend that they use something else. Yeah, as I mentioned, I mean Skype's been used for a long time, but you have the process that everyone has to log in, create an account. Uh, yes. You can't just create an ad hoc meeting. I've never really used Google Hangouts a lot. 
I think most people might have Google accounts, so that would make it a little bit easier. There's GoToMeeting, which is another business product, which I think used to work well. There's Cisco WebEx, which is another thing that I've had um, when PR people and developers have presented software to me. They've used that to share screens. And, and so there are a lot of alternatives. Unfortunately, it's these things just happen that everyone says, oh, Zoom works. And then the next person gets Zoom and then spreads it on to the next person. I hate to say it. Zoom has gone viral because of all this. Yeah, we need to come up with a new <laughs> a new terminology for for uh, yeah. for that after this whole pandemic thing. Yeah, but. I know. Again, you can use FaceTime, but FaceTime group chats are really annoying. If you're only three people, if you're two people, it's fine. It's just a screen. If you're three people, you see the two others in little boxes. I think above four, you get these little boxes that float around. Whenever someone talks, their bubble gets bigger <laughs> and they move. And it's like, it makes you dizzy. It really does. Well, not only that, but everybody participating in those calls needs to have an, have an Apple device because, well, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's FaceTime. So, uh, yeah. One other point about Zoom is you don't need to install the app. You can use it on the, 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 the Zoom website. So if you have a Zoom meeting link and you don't want to install the Zoom app, do go to the website. I think when you go to join a meeting, if you don't have the app installed, it'll say download the app and then in little tiny link below or join on, on the web. Um, so that's probably a little bit safer than using the app. Yeah. And it may not be, it's probably not as full featured, but you know, do you really want all the um, features that come features. along with the software? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, that's enough about the zoom apocalypse. I think we'll <laughs> not talk anymore about the zoom and Freud um, that we've been talking about. There'll be tons of links in the show notes and hopefully next week we'll be able to talk about something that's not zoom related. I kind of, I, I I'm going to bet you a dollar that we're going to have another half dozen zoom topics in the news <laughs> by next week. Oh boy. Well, yeah, it's, it's funny because we, we tend to have these companies that become the punching bag or, you know, the, or the, the butt end of all these jokes um, or, or just stories in general, then it's not even jokes. Like this is a real serious issue, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's hope that zoom immediately fixes some of these issues and comes out with new versions of their software that, that wrap up a lot of these really egregious problems and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe make things a little bit better by next week. We'll see. Okay, Josh, until next week, stay secure and stay zoom free. All right. Stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac podcast, the voice of Mac security with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software. Intego.com. <laughs>